Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, I want to invite you to take your Bible, however you get your Bible, whether that's in the book form or online or on an app or on your tablet device, go ahead and open to the Gospel according to Luke. The Gospel according to Luke chapter 24, and we're going to begin at verse 44. Now, if this is your first Sunday with us, we're near the end of a series. In fact, next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, and we will finish out this Gospel series. And uh, we have been watching some summary videos by the Bible Project that helps us capture biblical themes. We've been watching these each day, and it has taken us through from Genesis all the way through to the very last gospel in John. We will, we will get to that this week as you watch. But it is helping us to see the whole story of God with Israel that we believe culminates in the story of Jesus. And so we, uh, we have been going through this. I'm not sure if you have caught that each week we have gone through the whole Old Testament and landed on one particular gospel account. Our first Sunday we went through and we saw how Jesus was the new temple and we landed in the gospel of John. The second week we went through the Old Testament to look at what it meant for Jesus to be the king and we landed in the gospel of Mark. Uh, last week, we went and looked at the idea of Messiah all the way through the Old Testament and landed in the Gospel of Matthew. And this Sunday, we're going to begin looking at the Gospel of Luke. We will end there in the Gospel of Luke. We do this because we need to know the full story. The Holy Spirit still uses the story of Jesus, the full gospel story from Genesis all the way through the gospels and beyond to bring people to salvation in Jesus Christ. And so let's read our passage for today and then we'll get started. Luke chapter 24 and we'll begin at verse 44. Jesus said to them, this is what I told you while I was with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witness of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. This is the word of God for the people of God. And our response is, thanks be to God. 
I want to share a story with you that happened to me, an experience that I had when I was a young college student at Trevecca Nazarene University, which is in Nashville, Tennessee. Trevecca was a small college, probably about 1,500 people total at the time of undergrad students, and we shared a lot of life together. It was uh, located in Nashville in the south, uh, but was a fairly segregated university. We didn't have a lot of people of color uh, that attended Trevecca at the time. And I remember one day, I was just going about my business, and I was going into the cafeteria to get lunch or dinner, I don't really remember which, and I went in and did the thing that you did, you check in, and then you go over and you get your tray, and you get your your silverware out, and, and you go through the long line and wait for them to put some kind of mystery meal in front of you, and you go and you get your drink and put it on your tray in that space that's, you know, round just for your drink, and then as I was walking to find my table. There were a group of students that were sitting there and they were students of color. And one of them got up, someone I had not met or didn't know at the time. And she approached me and she said, what would you call me? Would you call me black or African-American? I was kind of taken back by the by the comments, uh, and yet I, I stumbled out an answer. I, I think I answered her that I would call her African American, and she turned around said, and just kind of sat at the table. And I could tell by the way she reacted, I hadn't answered correctly. I went and found my place to sit, and I, I sat and kind of thought about what I had just experienced, and I I sat in a location where I could see where they were sitting. And she began to ask lots of students as they came out of the line, she would ask them the same question over and over. And some gave the answer black, some some said African-American. I remember there was some a little bit of laughing at the table when uh, someone tried the, uh, well, neither because I don't see color. Um, That wasn't the right answer. Finally, one person answered the question with a question by saying, how would, what would you like me to call you? And I'll never forget her answer. Because her answer was, I would like you to call me by my name. Hmm. I remember at that moment as I sat eating my food, maybe for the first time I was exposed to the fact that my categories had blinded me to the created. The created human being that was sitting or standing right in front of me at the time. Now, we have all experienced this. Sometimes we're the ones with the categories. And we know what those categories are. Sometimes they are the categories of race and culture. Sometimes they're the categories of religious beliefs. Sometimes they're the categories of social economic standing. Sometimes it's the categories of gender or education. We have ideas or opinions about people who have too much education or people who have too little education. We, we have our categories of orientation. We have our categories of title and status. We have our categories about beliefs. And boy, oh boy, do we have our categories about politics. And sometimes these categories are handed to us. They're passed down from our parents' generation to us. And and we just kind of live assuming that these are the correct categories. Sometimes they are formed in us over time in our story. 
But the truth of the matter is, is that categories blind us to the created person that may be standing right in front of us. At the same time, many of us have experienced being categorized. We have felt the weight or the pain of someone else's assumptions about our beliefs, about our culture, about our race, about our values, about our politics. We have felt those assumptions. And these assumptions are usually driven by fear and are almost always wrong. But even when they may be a little bit correct, to be shoved into a category feels constricting. It can even feel violent and sometimes it can feel dehumanizing. That you've just got me and you've just shoved me into a category and now you're going to relate to me based on your assumption about this category. We have all been blinded by our categories And we have all been blindsided by someone else's categories being pushed upon us. But what does the Bible have to say about this? About categorizers, those who who have their categories and impose them? And what does the Bible say about what it's like to be categorized? To be the person who have those categories thrust upon them? It has plenty to say. And so, again, we will take our Bibles and we'll go back to the beginning, to Genesis. Here we go again. Hopefully we'll be quicker this time. We know that in the beginning, God creates everything and places His image as male and female in the garden. They are tasked with caring for creation and learning about how to do this from God in person. To learn how to care and nurture, to to co-rule with God in this beautiful creation. Now we know that in that story that they were deceived and they decided to determine right and wrong for themselves. And what they wound up doing was bringing sin and death into the world. And by the time we get three chapters into the Bible... In Genesis chapter 3, we see the results of our first parents' decision. In chapter 3, verse 10, we read that they are afraid and they hide. First, they hide from each other by trying to cover themselves up. And then they hide from God. Remember how I said these categories are usually fear-driven? This isn't a new problem. By chapter, by, by verse 12, Adam begins the blame game. He, he says, the woman you gave me, gave me the fruit and I ate it. The woman passes the blame on down to the serpent. The serpent deceived me, begins the blame game. The fear-driven categories have been around for a long time, folks. But God doesn't quit. By Genesis 12, God chooses a family. And God's desire in choosing that family is to bless the nations. Chapter 12, verse 3 says, All the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you, Abraham. We think, great, this is awesome. This will get things going in the right direction. But the problem is, is that Abraham and Sarah, the ones who were chosen, they start categorizing. They use a slave girl. She's named Hagar, but they constantly refer to her as that slave girl or that woman or my slave. And when she is used up, 
She is sent away. But we see that God knows her name. And in the story, He's the first to call her by her name. He calls her Hagar. And He has compassion on her and says He will bless her in the midst of this. The stories about the prophets as we leave the the Torah, the teaching, and move into the section called the prophets. The stories about the prophets tell of God blessing categorized people. There's Naaman the Syrian. He was a conqueror of the northern kingdom of Israel. And yet when he had leprosy, God healed him. God sends uh, the prophet to be cared for by a widow of Zarephath. A a foreigner, an outsider, someone who would be looked at with suspicion because of the categories. And yet God chooses to bless her and keep her alive during a famine and to care for His prophet. When we get into the prophetic preaching books, the the books of of the teachings of the prophets, they say over and over again, many of them just continue to say that when the day of the Lord comes, when God's redemptive justice and judgment finally deals with evil, what will be one of the results? The nations will return to Jerusalem for blessing. God's promise to Abraham would be fulfilled. Isaiah has some of my favorites. Isaiah chapter 2, beginning at verse 2, says, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and all nations, say all nations, will stream to it. All nations will stream to it. In Isaiah 25, 6 and 7, he says, On the, this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples. Say all peoples. <laughs> a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. He says, on this mountain He will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. As we move on into the writings, God declares His intention for categorized people. Psalm 72, verse 17 says, May His name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun. All nations, everybody say all nations, will be blessed through Him and they will call Him blessed. Psalm 98 verse 3 says, He has remembered His love and His faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. In the writings, when God's temple is built and dedicated, Solomon remembers God's heart and prays that when foreigners, a categorized people, when they pray towards the temple or in the temple, he wants God to hear from heaven. This is Second Chronicles 6.33. Hear from heaven your dwelling place and do for the fo- whatever the foreigner asks of you so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and reverence you as do your own people Israel. And may and they may know that this house I have built bears your name. You see, God doesn't see categories. God only sees created people. When people categorize, God creates. And what He creates are new possibilities. 
So it shouldn't surprise us when we get to Luke's Gospel that God becomes flesh and enters into our categories. Luke is often called the Gospel of the Poor. Now, poor was a category of Jesus' day. But poor didn't just mean that they didn't, they had no money. It includes a lot more categories. So it does include people who are financially, uh, instable. They don't, they don't have the finances that they need. But it also includes people of no status. People who didn't have any power. They were considered poor. That could be women. That could be, uh, children. That could be foreign people. Uh, people who were not Jewish at the time. It also includes people of poor health. They, they just were considered poor and they, they were left to do begging in the midst of that because they couldn't do work. It also includes people who make poor choices. An example of this might be a tax collector who decided to partner with the conquering Romans. They could be rich and yet they were considered poor because they were outcasts. They were working with people who were our enemies. And so they were considered poor through religious means. But Jesus, as He enters into humanity, He enters in a humble or in poor beginnings, in a stable, not in a royal hospital. He is attended by outcasts, another category, shepherds, who were always looked at a little bit suspiciously. He is welcomed by shepherds, not kings like Matthew. Luke's genealogy isn't interested in categories. He doesn't try to prove how Jewish Jesus is like Matthew does. He wants to prove how human Jesus is by going all the way back. He doesn't stop at uh, Abraham. He goes all the way back to Adam to show Jesus is a part of humanity. He has entered into our categories. When Jesus begins to preach, His first sermon is from Isaiah 61. It goes like this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon Me to proclaim good news to the poor. That's a category. He goes on and says, He has sent Me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner. That's another category. And a recovery of sight for the blind. Another category. To set the oppressed... Another category, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That God was coming to those people who had been categorized with His blessing and His favor. And He sits down after preaching and says, this has been accomplished in your hearing today. And He interprets this sermon by calling up the imagery of categorized people that God blessed, like Naaman the Syrian that we talked about just a little while ago, and that widow of Zarephath, that foreigner who was blessed by God in the midst, that God used in the midst. And He proclaimed that God doesn't see our categories, and He's out to create new people. And you know what happens? If you look in Luke chapter 4, verse 29, he is driven out of the town that he was raised in. And they tried to throw him off a cliff. All throughout Luke's account of the Gospel, Jesus continually tears down categories by healing people, by releasing people, by forgiving people, by restoring people. I hope you'll see this in your video as you watch the Luke videos this week uh, as you journey through those Bible Project videos. 
But when people are decategorized by Jesus, the ones who like the categories, the ones who benefit from the categories, they get really upset. They think things are going to get just too messy, Jesus, if you start tearing down all these categories. But Jesus is committed to God's plan for blessing of all people. So what do they do? What do these people who like their categories, what do they do? Well, they turn Jesus into a category. And Jesus willingly takes the punishment for these categories that they inflict on Him. He is arrested and then He's slapped for being categorized as a blasphemer. He is whipped with a cat of nine tails that tears the flesh from his back for being categorized as a heretic. He is crucified for being categorized as a sinner. He has a crown of thorns pounded in his head for being categorized as a terrorist or a rebel, someone who is going to stir up trouble. He has a spear rammed through his liver and heart Because he's categorized as a liberal, he eats with sinners, and he's a drunkard and a tax collector, and 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 he's a glutton and a drunkard. And he took all of the punishment of our categories. He took all of the death that those categories create. He took all of the fear that drives our need to categorize people onto Himself. And He died while asking God to forgive those who had categorized Him. He took all of our categories. All of our racism. All of our sexism. All of our classism. All of our judgmentalism. All of our discriminations. All of our categories. And the punishments that they create with Him into the grave and buried them in the hell that they created. But the good news is, He didn't stay there. Remember, God doesn't categorize God creates newness. And after three days, God resurrects Jesus to new life, new humanity, new body, new hope for an uncategorized world. A world where women are given the high privilege of being the first to preach that He is risen, that He is alive. A world where anyone can be released from the categories that have held them captive and forgiven for the categories that they have placed on others. And in our passage for today, we're finally here. We see that Jesus wants His disciples to remember that this was God's plan from the beginning. Luke chapter 24, verse 44, He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about Me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms. That's the Torah. The prophets, the writings, that's the whole Hebrew Scriptures. In other words, this was God's plan from the beginning. And then He did something. In verse 45, He opened their minds so they could understand the Scripture. We still need this to happen for us today. When was the last time you asked God to open your mind so that you could understand the Scriptures 
part of the reason why we're watching these videos and going through this gospel series and seeing the importance of going is to encourage you to begin reading. But you can't read the Bible without asking God to open your mind that you can understand. We still need this to happen today. Verse 46, he told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. He really did suffer the consequences of our categories. And he really was alive and risen because God doesn't let categories have the last word. He's going to create newness of life. And then verse 47. We're going to we're going to pause here for just a moment and look a little more intently at verse 47. Where Jesus says, "And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem." That word repentance is the word metanoia. And we kind of have this idea of someone, their heart wrenched and, uh, and they're just feeling so guilty and terrible for those things. And it can include a sense of guilt or a sense of, of remorse for things that have been done. But repentance really is the Greek word metanoia. And it means to have your mindset completely changed. It means that I used to see people in these categories, but now I repent of that because I see that God doesn't deal in categories. God deals in created people. And that's going to take a complete mind change, and I want to repent of that. It also is moving 180 degrees, so I used to categorize people like this, but now I want to see created people that God has put in my path. And that I get to interact with in life. This is metanoia. This is repentance. For the forgiveness of sins. Now, this is important. I want to stop at forgiveness. That word forgiveness is the word ephasis. I want you, uh, you want to say that with me, don't you? One, two, three. Ephasis. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three, Ephesus. And it is that forgiveness. Now, it does include our understanding of forgiveness, which is pardon for something we've done or to forgive, to relate as if that has didn't happen. But the primary uh, meaning of the word Ephesus is, is to be released. <laughs> to, to be let go. And to let go of. What are those things that we're letting go of or being let go from? It is from sin. That Greek word is hamartia. All the ways that I've missed the mark. All the ways that in my categories and in my assumptions, I'm beginning to see that I really blew it. I really missed it. I really let fear drive it. I really, I really put that person in a box. And I, I need to be Forgiven. I need to be pardoned for that. I need to be released from doing that over and over again. I need to repent. I need to move. So I need to repent for the forgiveness of missing the mark of sinning against my brother or my sister whom I have categorized. And this is going to be preached not just to a couple of disciples, but where? To all the nations, all the categories. And it's going to begin at Jerusalem where most of the categorizing had been taking place up to that point. Do you see how this is different? And then Jesus says in the next verse, you're going to be my witnesses to these things. 
In other words, once we have been released and set free and forgiven, we are sent out to declare that God is the God who doesn't see categories. God is the God who creates new things. But before this happens, we need two things. One, we've already talked about, and that is we need our minds open to the Scripture so we can know the full story that the Holy Spirit still uses to set people free in Jesus' name. And the second is that we need power from on high. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk a lot more about that next week, which is Pentecost. So I won't go into it here. But these are the two things we need to be sent out to declare the goodness of the God who doesn't abide by categories, but creates new people over and over again. What did God help you understand today? from this journey through the Hebrew Scriptures up through the Gospel of Luke. Maybe it's beginning to dawn on you that you need your mind open to the Scriptures if you are going to be a disciple and not just a decider. That you're called to study, you're called to pray and ask God to open your mind. Maybe it's that you need the Holy Spirit if you're going to let go of your categories and see created people, that it's going to take a complete mind change. You'll see as, as we move into the book of Acts that it wasn't just like that. Peter had visions that began to help him see that God was moving beyond the categories to reach real flesh and blood people that he loved. Maybe you realize that you have been blinded by your categories. That you have used labels to place on others so that you can feel lifted up. That maybe you have become one who is a categorizer. And you're beginning to realize, but wait, I'm following Jesus who said that God doesn't abide by the categories but creates newness of life. Maybe you are recognizing your need to repent, that you might be released from and forgiven of and pardoned for all the ways that you have categorized. God still does that today. Unfortunately, Christians can sometimes be some of the worst categorizers We can categorize around denominations. We can categorize about people being fundamentalists. We can categorize people as heretics still to this day because they don't believe exactly like I believe or they interpret the Bible not in the exact way that I do. So we categorize them. And we can be blinded to our own arrogance. But there is hope for categorizers today because Jesus prayed for our Release for our forgiveness, for our pardon. We have only to receive it. Maybe today you are fully realizing how the categories that have been placed on you are a prison. Maybe you have experienced the dehumanizing, the hate, the fear, the objectification. And you feel trapped and suffocated by it. Maybe for some of you it has been your race or your culture. And everywhere you walk in the world there's suspicion. They're looking at you funny. They're watching you. 
Maybe for some of you, it is, it's, it's been what gender you are and, and you just see the gaze and, and people just looking at you funny or you feel trapped because you have to look a certain way and dress a certain way in order to, to have some value or worth in their eyes and their categorizing just seems to dehumanize you into a piece of meat. Maybe for some of you, it's something that you struggle with, maybe an addiction. Uh, it could be something like a mental health issue and, and, and you just feel like like people just look at you funny or they they don't understand you and they they categorized you maybe as a student you you haven't been able to to be the best student or be the greatest athlete and so you're you're looked down upon there are all kinds of ways that people categorize us and maybe today you have seen and you're getting in touch once again with how you have been. Maybe you even believe the lies that the categories have said about you. But today you're beginning to realize that God doesn't see them and that God longs to rescue you from the categories. That God is calling you and your name, not your category, and longs to set you free to live as a newly created person today. Whatever way God has spoken to you today, The answer, the next step, is for you to call on the name of His Messiah. To call on the name of the One who entered the categories and took all of the punishment and all of the categories to death and nailed them to a cross. The name of Jesus. Are you ready to call on His name? If so, would you bow your heads? And let's pray together. Jesus, thank You for being willing to enter into our categories. To expose them. To show us that God doesn't operate by the categories, but comes to create new people. Father, for those of us who are beginning to realize as we've gone through this journey that we need You to open up our minds to understand the Scriptures. That they would have that happen for them now. That You would give us discipline to read and to pray. That You might show us how we are called. How Your mission has always been for all the world. Give us the Holy Spirit that we might understand and have the strength to go and live without categories. To live in the midst of the people that You have created without fear and filled with Your love and compassion. God, for those of us who are categorizers and are realizing how deep-rooted and deep-seated those are, sanctify us and help us. Release us from our need to categorize. Forgive us for the times that we have done that. Help us to make right with those whom we have categorized. And for those who feel broken right now in this moment, because they've been shoved into a category because of their race or their culture, because of their gender, because of their education, because of their status, because of what they have or don't have. 
I pray that they would know the fullness of Your love. That You would break down and release them, set them free from the prison of the categories and create in them a new sense that they are Yours and You are theirs. That You so loved them that You sent Your one and only Son that if we would trust in Him, we would have life to the full, eternal life. So God, right now, heal the broken. Restore their humanity, their life, and may they know that You are with them. For we pray these things in Your name, Jesus, and we give glory to You, and we pray Amen. Amen. And now, may you receive this blessing. May you know the joy of being set free from the categories. May you know at the core of who you are that God doesn't operate by categories. And He longs to create a new human in you. I pray that you would sense the healing of Christ. I pray that you would receive the forgiveness of Jesus. I pray that you would be empowered and your mind would be open to understand the Scriptures. And I pray that we would begin to see His kingdom without categories come into our world. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Go in peace. I miss you. I can't wait till we can be together again. Wash your hands and have a great afternoon. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.